And also in studio, uh, we have a full house today, actually, <laughs> are Patrick Hanlon and Russell Alford, a.k.a. the Gastro Gaze. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, Thank you for having us. Not at all. You've done your press-ups and everything. You're <laughs> full of... Oh, yeah. You're full of energy. Very much Just so. about had a tea and a coffee, so <laughs> <laughs> a great start. Both, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, you are authors of a cookbook, Hot Fat. Mm-hmm. You are restaurant critics for the Sunday Times. Big congratulations, by the way, on your nomination for an award at the Irish Food Writing Awards, which are on, is it next Thursday? Next Thursday, yes. Yeah, in the RDS. And of course, you've big opinion. Oh, big yeah, opinions on many, food. Many, many. Can't stop talking about food. <laughs> well, you know what? We're going to have a big chat later. But I want to know that if you were planning a nice hearty dinner this evening, mm. would you consider going for a shoulder of lamb? And what makes Irish lamb so delicious? I think we would definitely, it is probably our favourite meat, I would say. It just has so much flavour. Uh, I think Irish lamb stands apart because of that sweet kind of herbal flavour. A thing I do for a slow cooked shoulder is I use dried seaweed and I cover the entire thing and it adds that extra salty seasoning as it cooks. It cooks into the lamb, it seasons it. It's absolutely spectacular. I'm starving thinking about that. <laughs> I would often use harissa um, spice blends and do a slow cook like that. Put it on some flatbreads with some nice crunchy pickles, uh, lots of different sauces, maybe even a smoked yogurt as well on top of it. Very I'm, fancy. I'm on the way over. Yeah, come on <laughs> over. Countrywide on RTE Radio 1. Now we are counting down towards Samhain, the Celtic festival that marks the transition to winter, a gathering in the harvest and a lighting fire against the darkness ahead. Samhain is also the name of a festival in Kells, County Meath, from the 2nd to the 5th of November, celebrating local Boyne Valley flavours with chefs, food writers, artisan producers, local and global. And in amongst the foodies, Patrick and Russell will be shaking and stirring cocktails. <laughs> now, at the heart of it, you are both, well, one of you is a boy from Drogheda. He sure is. He sure is. <laughs> <laughs> and a blow and, and a boy from Palbriggan. <laughs> and the Boyne Valley is just on your backyard. Mm-hmm. Now, a place with the very best food producers. Mm-hmm. In your opinion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I can hear them texting in from Cork, <laughs> New York, Gertha Hart, Mount Maureen Tully up in Connemara. She'll be giving out stuff. But I'm saying Boyne Valley. Why, why are we saying that? It's an incredibly small area. It's a small concentration in the east of the country, but it punches above its weight in terms of the producers, the farmers, the artisans. It really, really is a close-knit community around Louth, around Meath, and it really has some of Ireland's best vegetables, cheese, brewers, uh, seafood. It's incredible. And it's, it's a joy to see the area that I grew up in flourish as um, growing up, the food credentials of the region weren't really in the collective consciousness. And to see it now thrive as a leading area of the country (laughs) is amazing. Mm. 
Yeah, we're very. (laughs) (laughs) No, and I'll hear nothing against it. Absolutely, like we are very, very proud to be uh, living in that area. And there's so many amazing producers right from the sea. You've got your Carlingford oysters, as you mentioned, Drummond House uh, garlic just there as well. Bally McKenney potatoes, which are you know leagues about above the standard potatoes that you'd get in any supermarket. Uh, you got the cheeses, Boyne Valley uh, Blue, if you've ever had it, or the Bon. It's a beautiful goat's cheese that we are obsessed with. Uh, there's so many great producers around the area. Yeah, but here's the question. What does it matter that it's produced locally? I mean, mm. you know, people yeah. say, oh, it tastes lovely, but mm. well, what does it matter? It's that connection between the consumer and the producer that I think in COVID times, that connection got stronger and the consumer understood, oh my God, up our street or in our area, there's so many incredible spreads and um, cheeses and veg and all of these amazing products that I can order in or that I can head up the road and I can collect them. And I think that strengthened the awareness mm. of it's so important to support the the producers in your area and to understand the landscape and by you supporting local it helps the local community the local economy it keeps the money in the locality and like to me that is just a win-win and then when we look at it from a lot of our perspective as uh, restaurant critics as well nothing demonstrates the local area better than supporting local producers we can all see on various menus in not places that don't focus necessarily on supporting local. It's just the generic ingredients that could be from anywhere in the world. Yeah, but is a potato not a potato? Never. never. Have I asked that question? No, the- never, <laughs> never. It's all about flavour. It's all about variety. Like we're t- we talk about the Ballymackenny potatoes. Know, but the and standards f- are so high nowadays, even in the mass produced yeah. potatoes and cheeses. Mm. You have a delicious melting Mont d'Or cheese, which, you know, is not from the Boyne Valley or from Ireland. It's from France. It's stunning. It's the time of year of it. It's only available between October and April. We had one the other night and it was fantastic. Have it with the Ballymackenny pink fur apple potatoes and you'll have it's the most amazing sensation you'll ever have in your life. <laughs> I can guarantee it. It's a beautiful experience. But I think especially when you look at menus, what's one thing we always are on the lookout. Where is the food coming from? And if it's local, it's worth its weight in gold, in our opinion, just because of that. It's especially for tourism as well, when you think about it in that kind of way. If a, if a visitor is coming from England or America and they're able to know that the even the salad leaves, even the cheese, even the oil that's used or the butter is from a farm down the road, Wonderful. It's great. The amazing thing that, you know, just leaps out from both of you <laughs> is you can tell how passionate you are about food, about talking about it, yeah. about the minute details. And you're now restaurant reviewers for the Sunday Times for the last year. Um, tell me, how did you get into that? And what does it feel like? Is it easy to criticise? What are you looking for? I think... Our approach to our column over the past year has been, in the past, critic has been kind of code word for entertainment. So trying to kind of stoke the fire, get a reaction, trying to be a bit over the top um, and hypercritical. And that is valid. But in terms of our approach, it has been Here's a column every week that offers us the opportunity to shine a spotlight. 
And it isn't just the things that are on the plate. It's the story. Who are the owners? Is there a specific approach here? Is there a specific niche? And it offers us the opportunity to storytell and, of course, absolutely spot any flaws or any issues or any errors. But I think to us, it's a privilege to be able to shine a light in a constructive way, in a positive way, and also to shine the light outside of the capital, because Ireland has so much happening across the entire island. So we have tried our best uh, over the past year to spread the um, inclusions across the entire country. And I think we've covered almost half of the counties. You should see the spreadsheets we have <laughs> at home being like, we haven't visited this county. Where are we going? It's, it's, it's you know, it, it is. You it know, is, what fun. But I can yeah. just imagine... If I was a chef or mm. I was working the tables or whatever and the pair of you walked in, I went, oh no. <laughs> yes, that's the face like, we get. <laughs> is it? It yes. is. Uh, it does happen like, from time to time, you know, yes. Can you imagine causing this kind of panic yeah. through the kitchen? Yeah. Um, you kind of enjoyed that, do you? Kind of, yeah. just a little the bit. thing is, like, <laughs> as we cross the door, there is always that experience of oh god do you let them know you're coming no okay. never it's, it's actually quite never. interesting because we've come from the digital world in particular we started as a blog 10 no god what 13 years ago I think we're together around the same amount of time so I, I probably should remember which one it is um, typical eh uh, I know <laughs> on the radio and all um, but when we, we started out in the digital world and there's a lot of preconceptions about the digital world and a lot of people assume that we go ahead and say hi we're coming to your restaurant to review it it's not like that it is like a secret operation there's names, you there's code wigs. words, we wear wigs. <laughs> this is a wig right now even. And we, we try, we, we are as anonymous as absolute possible. Okay. But, you know, when these two mugs walk in, you know, quite distinct looking here and there, glasses. I've always thought there. I'd love to have a friend who was a restaurant critic and I could, I wouldn't even, cri- I'd just go along for you the have yeah. dinner. us both now. Exactly. Oh, so, yes, exactly. <laughs> Our friends do love them. We're like, do you want to go out for dinner? Yay. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you mentioned there are 13 years. Mm. So was it hashtag gastro gaze that kind of lit up mm. your whole new careers that you have now? How did it all happen? Just yeah. take me back to how you met Fod- and all of that. Photo, photo. So we met back in um, DCU. Patrick was studying journalism. I was studying contemporary culture and society, both mixed in similar circles within the kind of media societies mm. uh, a year ahead of me. And uh, we just met hit it off and then uh, hit it off or hit it off off uh, I think off (laughs) (laughs) just off at the time and then um, we there's this weird period of about two years where we didn't have hashtag or at gastrogates or anything so we wonder what we ever talked about but we were obsessed with food Um, and as time moved on Patrick got a job right here at RTE writing about food in another way, I was working in a supermarket, absorbed by food in every way. And we just kind of got a bit more obsessed with it as time went on. And it was very much the time that people were starting blogs, even just before social media took off. And we just said, let's let's give this a go. Start putting stuff online. And then about what six years ago I'd say we made it our full time job we decided to we moved back from London we were living there for a couple of years and we decided to make it our full time job into content creation spotlights even podcasts audio creation and just give it a go and see 
how it can work out. Why do you think it's worked out? I mean, apart from both of you being passionate and likeable and all of those things Took and taking me for your mouth. dinner. And <laughs> <laughs> it's a bribe. Um, <laughs> I just, I think it's just passion and we, we're listening. We always are listening. We always want to hear the stories and we, we're really interested. Like, we, t- we talk about food all day, every day. So all day, every day? Yeah, it's a okay. lot actually. Um, so we're really obsessed with it and we want to, we, we see a great opportunity. We have a following online and we have a, a you know, a respected profile. It's a great use of it to be able to say to people, want a spotlight, let's talk about you. Uh, here's a restaurant that's really great that you need to hear about. And here's some products. We've been involved like at the Blossom Heron Awards for a couple of years as well. And that's one of the best experiences because we get to meet the producers who we admire so much. The stories that you hear on the show in oh, particular, you know. Honestly, <laughs> to actually be out, to be in the fields where they're yeah, sowing yeah. the crops or at the side of the road where they're selling the strawberries yeah. and exactly. everything. Actually, it's 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 a privilege, it is. and I mean that. And I think the food yeah. community in Ireland and the food writing yeah. community, we're, we're all have such an appetite, if you pardon the pun, for <laughs> learning about it other people and learning about their stories. Because ultimately, as communicators within food, that's our thing. That's our job is to explain the story to people. Now, you're both partners in life. Yes. Your partners in business. Mm. Now, many couples mm. find it very hard <laughs> to combine both. What's your secret? Oh, don't ask us for <laughs> advice on this because I don't think I would be given the correct advice. I think I think we we operate in a communication uh, industry. Communication is key and trying to split up the this is me in work mode. This is me in personal mode mm. and trying to split those two up because I think it can all be a kind of a grey area that um, can all blend into yeah. It can, yeah. Be, it can be quite difficult, and especially um, during the pandemic in particular. Uh, we used to, this always amuses me. We used to go onto Zoom calls in separate rooms, and people would be like, "Are you in different houses?" It's like, "No, he's in there." I just wanted five minutes away from him, uh, which I'm sure is the story of many households yeah. around yeah. the country. But it was it we it's it's nice when you get to work uh, with your partner, but when they're your best friend and everything like that too, it's it's really special to have all these great experiences. When you share so much, you know, of a passion for, Mm. you know, everything that you do. Mm. I could talk to you forever. But (laughs) I have wonderful Alana here and I really want to uh, hear from Alana. But Patrick Hanlon, Russian Alfred, known as the Gastro Gaze, their book is Hot Fat. The reviews are in the Sunday Times and it's boynevalleyflavors.ie. You can find out more information of their sound festival, including Patrick and Russell's cocktail making extravaganza on November the 4th. <laughs> what better way to spend a Saturday night in Kells I, I, and in the I, most beautiful setting of the Red Chapel as well. If you've ever seen it, it is stunning.